The Start On Demand. The Friday edition of the show was McGarry and KK. Kathy Kennedy sitting in for both Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Mackling simply off, but McNabb was hosting an event at RBC Convention Centre in celebration of International Women's Day, which is coming on Sunday. So because of that, KK pulled out a list of inventions created by women. The Winnipeg Folk Fest lineup was revealed this week. We'll speak with our building's resident music expert and Folk Fest enthusiast, Kristen Moran, on some of the bands and some of the acts who are coming to the show and what makes the Folk Fest so cool. And one of our giveaways today involved a bag of crickets. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Kathy Kennedy in for Mackling and McNabb. We're usually Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, but today McGarry and KK on the Friday, March 6th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, sort of. Mackling's <laughs> off. McNabb is hosting an event today and we'll get details on that from her at 637. You just heard the lovely familiar laugh <laughs> of one... KK. What very tired KK. Good morning. Hello there, Kathy. How are you? It's been a while since I've had to set the alarm at 304. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, do you do that? Because uh, I do it on, on weird time increments, you know, 304, 307, 311. Okay. Well, Jeff Brom is just saying his first alarm, or his alarm goes off at like 242 or something like that. Right? Uh, I, yeah. I I think I sometimes set it for like 205. Uh, but today I woke up, I was sitting on the couch last night, I think it was around nine o'clock and I thought, man, I got to go to bed. And then the next thing I know it's one seventeen, <laughs> and I, th- and I, when I got up, went to the bathroom and then I, the dots were connected. I thought, oh, I still have my contact lenses in. Well, that's just great. <laughs> so I took my contacts out and I went back to the couch and thought, should I just get up? And then I dozed off. Uh, and my eventual alarm went off, I think, at 2.30, so... Okay. Well, you know what? What I realized is that uh, I'm either getting really old or... Because, you know, as you know, for over 20 years, I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning yep. and did morning shows in the city. Uh, but, boy, this is tough. Yeah. I, I Hats off to you, McGarry. I'll talk to you in 10 years. We'll see how you're doing. <laughs> well, it's, I, I don't think it has to do with age. It's just such a violent shift, and it's such an unnatural... And we, I don't say this to make it sound like, oh, woe is us. But it is, it's unnatural yes. to wake up at that time of the day. In particular when, uh, you're, you know, your day is full. And at a lot of times, as you well know, out in the evening, hosting events and doing things. Yeah. So it, it, what, they have a, what do they call that? It's the broken sleep where, you know, you, you nap in the afternoon and you get another nap at, uh, at night. And if you can manage to survive on that, which I did for so many years, then you're okay. Yeah, like we had uh, Diana McMillan on from the University of Manitoba yesterday. Uh, she's the sleep expert, and she's going to be on Global News Morning today. But uh, I didn't even finish asking the question, because the question of the day yesterday morning was, how much sleep do you get? Eight hours or more, five to seven hours, or under five hours? And uh, I said, I get, fall into the under five hours. And I was going to say, so what do you say to that? Yeah. But I, I said, I fall into under five. And she immediately said, oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> And she went into, she explained why it's not good. But I feel it every day. Like I I am perpetually tired. I can probably fall asleep on command. And it's starting to scare me because I get sleepy at the wheel. Yeah. And that's where it really, I I, I think I 
I don't like to nap, but I think I need to make a, a point of either taking getting a nap in or I just have to go to bed earlier. Well, I and, I, and, nine, I, and I think it's easier to take the nap than to go to bed earlier. And I know what you mean about uh, getting sleepy at the wheel because that happened to me this morning where I was driving on Portage. There was no traffic and uh, I was kind of, whoa, okay, time to wake up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard enough to see the lanes and all the slush and snow, never mind when you're drifting off. But uh, you know what? So what? We've got a great show lined up this morning. Yeah, like we said, Lorraine McNabb is going to join us at 6.37. She's hosting an event this morning at RBC Convention Centre, which is in celebration of International Women's Day, which is on Sunday. And actually at 8 o'clock, we're going to, you've got something lined up here relating to inventions created by women. Yeah. And, and let me just say this. Uh, I think a lot of you will be surprised uh, at who invented what and and uh let me just say this circular saw invented by a woman really yes so all of you carpenters out there this weekend you know doing your renovations or doing whatever that circular saw that you're using invented by a woman that's great yeah i'm looking forward to hearing the inventions i always wish that i could come up with an invention but uh you and me both i was watching uh the simpsons the other day yeah where homer you know spent a whole episode trying to come up with an invention yeah (laughs) and i thought that's me you know, you, you think you got something great and then you realize, no, that is just plain stupid or it's already been invented. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> yeah, I think the closest thing that I've ever come, the closest idea I've ever had that ine- inevitably became reality, and it wasn't an invention, it was a comic book character. When I was, a, I don't know, 12 years old, I remember thinking, I came up with this character called Sleepwalker. Oh. And uh, so it was about this guy who, or this kid who, when he's uh, when he is asleep, he sleepwalks because there's you know they say that when you sleepwalk, you you have super strength. You know, people have really? pull, pulled doors off of walls and stuff. Yeah, because I guess you're just sort of operating unconsciously and you're okay. tapping into parts of your brain that you normally wouldn't. Not saying that every sleepwalker is a superhero, <laughs> but apparently, apparently you you can be super strong okay. when you sleepwalk. So I had this idea that this guy would be become this hero when he sleepwalks. And then I'm walking by, uh, I think it was a 7-Eleven on Day Street. and we, There used to be one on Day Street sort of north by McMeans and Transcona. And I looked at the magazine rack and I saw this comic book called Sleepwalker. Oh, come on. Yeah. And it was, I think it was actually like an alien entity that, that inhabited this kid. But I thought, oh my God, my, that's, that's, that's mine. <laughs> okay. I but, was on to something. But here comes full circle. So uh, we started the conversation talking about sleep. Uh, and we will end this conversation talking about sleep. Because look, even as a kid, you were thinking about sleep. <laughs> okay? I like sleep. <laughs> I like sleep. <laughs> Finally, it's Mackling McGarry McNabb. Mackling's away. McNabb's hosting an event. KK is in. And today, KK, I am very, you're the first person that I get to tell this. And by proxy, our listening family. Yep. That uh, the fifth annual Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards are coming up on April 18th at the Met. And we had the folks on from the Nightlife uh, Awards last, or I think in January, to just sort of set up the nomination process. 
And you can now go to their website, WNLA.ca, and vote on all the various categories. Last year, they, they asked the start, Mackling McGarry McNabb, to MC the event. Right. And we were delighted to do so. I remember seeing the pictures. You all, you know, you all clean up very well. Yeah, well, Greg and I got, to, <laughs> we got fitted for tuxes by uh, Ken Lozano over at Aldo Formal Wear. And Loren had a dress that was uh, custom made for her. And uh, the name of the designer escapes me, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, it was cool to get dressed up like that. I, I felt like a spot. I, wearing a black tuxedo. <laughs> I felt like James Bond. And uh, Greg had a nice blue tux. Well, they they asked us to come back this year. Uh, Greg and Loren unfortunately couldn't do it, but hey, I, I, they've got kids, okay? They've got kids, and kids have sports all the time. Right. So they, they were unable to commit, but I, I got nothing. I It's just me. Well, so. and, and you know what? They are very lucky to have you back. And may I just say, I love the idea of this because it celebrates everything Winnipeg and the incredible things we have in Winnipeg from restaurateurs to nightclubs to personalities. It's a, it's a fantastic idea. And the fact that we take an evening with Brett as your host uh, to celebrate that is great. Yeah, I mean, and, and just looking at the list of nominees, there's over 20 categories, and you can vote right now. The first round of voting closes on March 9th. But when I go through the nominees, there's easily at least a dozen people who we've interviewed. Like, uh, for example, Brand of the Year, uh, Zuike. We actually, that's one of the reasons why I like these awards, is there are so many great stories involved. Uh, Zuike is the, the brand of clothing where uh, two buddies realize that their family heritage from Nigeria, they're from the same tribe. So, wow. so Zuike means just relax in their, their sort of, you know, their, their, I believe the language is called Edo. Uh, so we've interviewed them. Uh, Elsewhere in Brand of the Year, Voke, Third and Bird. They'll be joining us next month. Shaben Ice Cream. That's just in one category. We've interviewed all these people uh, in the, the Best Beauty Service category. There's Organic Tan. We've interviewed Shauna from there. Browse by G. Uh, Wait, that's where you go, right? I've been to Browse by G. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to do it again. Every time I get my brows waxed, my eyebrows swell up. <laughs> So I, I need to figure First that, world problem, McGarry. I, I Suck know. it up. Well, but it lasts for like a week. And really? Like, yeah. And so I don't... I, I'm, I guess I'm just a baby with that. But yeah, I get to co-host uh, with my buddy Steve, longtime friend Steve, who also works in Winnipeg Media. So I am super excited about that. April 18th at the Met. It was so much fun. Go to their website, wnla.ca, for more details. Question is, now that the province is cutting the PST to 6%, will you put off big purchases until the cut takes effect on July 1st? So your options are yes, no, or hadn't thought of that, maybe. Well, hey, listen, if if you're looking at uh, buying a car, you know, 1% on 25000 is a few dollars. Yeah, so we, Jeff Braun wanted us to introduce our next guest as because he's a former colleague of ours, as Chuck D. But uh, <laughs> I think we'll be a little bit more formal and say hello to Chuck Davidson, who is president and CEO of the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce. Chuck, good morning to you, sir. Oh, good old Bronner, always a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, uh, are you happy with the cut? Is this good news for Manitoba businesses? Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the big things that we we continually hear from businesses throughout Manitoba, and this is uh, came through in a recent uh, survey that we do with their businesses uh, in late uh, 2019, was that 
when you're looking forward to 2020, one of the biggest challenges that businesses were dealing with was that 56% of our business owners told us that the rising cost of doing business was going to be a huge challenge for them. So anything that's going to help put more money in their pockets that can help them be more competitive is something that we're going to say that's a step in the right direction. So we think this is a good measure uh, in regards to helping us be more competitive with our other jurisdictions. And hopefully what businesses will do with those additional dollars is we'll be able to make those investments within their own corporations, within their own organizations on, on things that they may have been putting off. But isn't it cumbersome for businesses to have to adjust everything when there is a cut like this? I'm not saying I, 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 I'm, I like the fact that the PSD is going down, but, yeah. you know, they, if they have to readjust everything and all their systems, uh, isn't that an expense as well? Well, I think that's something that I think that they'll uh, they'll be gladly be able to take on uh, in in in, ex, in in exchange for a, a cut in the PST. Chuck, how does this balance though with the with the carbon uh, tax that we also learned about yesterday? Well, I think what we're looking at, and, and as a Manitoba Chamber of Commerce, and our network's not opposed to putting a price on carbon. Uh, and we've said that all along. And I think what we have right now is we, we're paying a carbon tax right now. It's one that's being implemented through the federal government. Uh, what we would prefer, obviously, is a, a flat tax similar to what the what the province is looking at. I think that what it does is it gives business and it gives Manitoba certainty kind of going forward in terms of what that's going to look like. We're still looking for a little bit more details because I think there's some negotiations that are obviously going to have to take place with the federal government to make sure that they accept this proposal from Manitoba. We would hope that they would go in that direction, but that's going to be a part of the challenge as well. Um, And, you know, when you look at the whole issue and if the whole intent, and this is something that the Manitoba Chamber of Commerce, we've gone through a program in the last year with IASD, uh, the International Institute for Sustainable Development, trying to gauge just how much business is aware of of climate change and putting prices on carbon and things like that. And this is a big issue for business, and it's not one that we want to walk away from. But at the same time, it's not simply putting a price on carbon is the solution to this. There's going to need to be a need for uh, programs, incentives, and other things. So that's what we would hope that when you're looking at the price that they put on carbon and the revenues that they're going to receive from that, that will be used for a number of other elements as well, simply rather than not just going back into government revenues and government uh, government coffers. And of course, the opposition, uh, Wab Canoe from the NDP, saying this is a, a bit of a shell game. Do you agree with that assessment at all? No, I don't agree that it's necessarily a shell game. I think it's, I think what we're looking at, and I think that's where we need a little bit more details in regards to this in terms of all the revenues that will be collected from this new uh, levy that's being put on carbon, is it simply going to the PST or are we going to be looking at other elements in terms that will help businesses and help Manitobans deal with reducing their carbon footprint and recognizing that that climate change is something that's happening and we do need to take a serious concern of that because again when we did our survey of businesses what we found was that 53 percent of our businesses are concerned about the impact of climate change on their business but at the same time only one in four just 26 percent are currently taking measures so that's the bigger concern what we when we went through this process with isd what we found was there's so much information out there in regards to this a lot of businesses and specifically smes just don't know where to get started. So one of the things that we've done at the Chamber is if you go on our website right now, we've created a bit of a toolkit for businesses. If they want to go and find out information of steps that they can take to start getting more engaged and getting more involved in measures that they can take within their own business to deal with climate change, we've provided some of that information. I think that's a good first start as well, is having a broader discussion on what are some of the issues, because at the end of the day, it's not simply going to be a tax that's going to solve this issue. Well, and and on both fronts, Chuck, it's a matter of staying competitive, and, and this will help on both fronts. 
Well, and that's extremely important to to our businesses, knowing that we don't just compete against each other. We compete against other jurisdictions. We compete worldwide with all the different pressures that are on business right now. You're looking at things like impacts that we're hearing from a lot of manufacturers and businesses on things like the coronavirus. Anything that we can do to help our businesses be more competitive uh, is going to be something that we're going to applaud. How does dropping the PST make businesses competitive in terms of, like, for example, Brian Pallister says it's going to help with job creation? Well, and that's that's what we're looking at as well. So what what the intent would be, so putting more money back into the pockets of business owners, they're typically going to take that money and reinvest it. And that's whether they're going to uh, hire additional individuals, where they're going to put it back into capital within their organizations. And so what it also sends is it sends a message as well in my mind that, and what business is looking for, a little bit of certainty. And this is something that, that hasn't been very clear over the last number of years. And businesses have told us, yeah, we're not sure about uh, exactly where we're going in this province and whether we want to make those key investments. A move like this, reducing the PSD to 6%, so we're now on a level playing field with Saskatchewan, sends a clear message in my mind that, yes, we think that this is important, that we understand that we need to be competitive, something that we're continually talking uh, to, to government about. Uh, this sends a message that business should now be able to have a little bit more confidence to say, you know what, we are heading in the right direction, we are going to make that investment, or we are going to hire those additional people that we maybe not have been planning to do so before. Chuck Davidson, President and CEO of the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Chuck, thank you as always for the time, sir. Always a pleasure, and say hi to Bronner. Will do. <laughs> McGarry and KK. KK in for Mackling and McNabb today. Thank you so much for joining us, KK. And thank you for listening to The Start on CJOB and for welcoming KK. We got a lot of texts this morning saying, oh, man, KK. (laughs) It's KK. It's it's KK. Yeah. So, hey, 837, we're going to give more stuff away. Herb Alpert and Lonnie Hall tickets to give away at 936. We're going to tee up a great event happening tomorrow at the Victoria Inn called Love Local Manitoba where you can sample local food, local beer, local wine, and they're bringing in a goodie bag for you to win. It includes crickets, but there's other (laughs) stuff in there. See, when you said that to me earlier this morning and said, they're bringing in a a goodie bag for you to win, I thought, yeah, okay, great. And then you said crickets, and I went, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not just a bag. Here's a bag of crickets. No, here, let me see if I can find the full uh, lineup of stuff that he's going to bring in. He said he's going to... Oh, of course, I can't find the, the, the list of, of goodies. Well, oh, I'm no, sh- here it is. Gourmet oh. sauce, South African-style beef jerky, coffee, hot sauce, crickets, jam, <laughs> and more. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's lots of... There's tons of cool stuff in there, but I, I would try the crickets. I'm going... If there are crickets to try tomorrow, I will try them. Really? I'm, well, I've already tried the dried crickets before, and uh, once you look away... It just tasted, tasted like, like chicken. A, just tasted like a salted snack. It was just a dry anyway. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do that at nine thirty six. Right now we got to talk about International Women's Day, which mm-hmm. is happening on Sunday. And you have a list. You said that there are things that I use every day, and it's going to surprise <laughs> me that uh, I'll be blown away that they were created by women. You use an ice cream maker, right? Oh yeah, yeah, every of course. Day. E- yes. Every day. Yeah, it's my the first thing I do when I get home is <laughs> I, I knew make that ice about cream. You. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, it is true. Uh, The ice cream maker, Nancy Johnson, invented this back in 1843. 
Johnson certainly had her priorities straight uh, before freezers were even invented. She created a double-cylinder hand-crank ice cream machine. It could create two flavors that are frozen at the same time but separately. How cool is that? Yeah. Very cool. Before freezers. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, The the next one I I want to highlight is an invention by Tabitha Babbitt. Now, I say Babbitt and not Bobbitt, and here's why. Uh, she invented the circular saw. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> you caught me there? Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, Babbitt watched people struggling to cut wood with a pit saw, which required a couple of users and only cut in one direction. So she was determined to help, so she attached a circular blade to her spinning wheel and invented the much more efficient circular saw. How about that? I, that is something that I think I have never used. I am not a manly man in that sense. Power okay. tools That's and not I thing? don't get along. All right. Uh, this one I think you will have used. Uh, paper bag. Yes. All right. So Margaret Knight, after having her invention ripped off by a man who claimed that of there was course. no way a woman could have invented such a thing, uh, Knight finally got her patent in 1871 for a machine that could produce square-bottomed paper bags. And look at this. Here we are, how many years later, and we are going back to those paper bags. Back to the paper bag. Yeah, that, that, I, I'm looking for, kind of looking forward to that. I you am know, too. You know what? Walking Remember? down the street with a baguette sticking out of your paper bag. <laughs> right? Yeah. It would be nice if they had the handles on them, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is nice when you get a paper bag that does have the handles yes. on it, like a shopping um, bag. All right. This I do know you use, or at least I hope you use, the dishwasher. I do have a dishwasher in my apartment, but more often than not, I am the dishwasher. Okay. Because it takes too long for me to fill the dishwasher, right? So I just so then I just do my dishes I on guess. a daily basis. But yeah, I use the dishwasher. All right. So Josephine Cochran uh, invented the dishwasher in 1872, although uh, other prototypes existed. It did take a woman's common sense to create a dishwasher that actually cleaned the dishes. Her design was the first that used water pressure rather than scrubbers to remove debris. Now, I'm going to ask this question in all seriousness, and I'm not trying to be cheeky when I ask it, but Uh do you think that perhaps it was a woman who created it because men just wouldn't have, men probably weren't doing the dishes, and why would they think about that? I agree. Yeah? Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it at there because I don't, I'm don't. i getting nice text messages this morning. I don't want to get na- naughty ones. Yeah. Uh, globes. You ever uh, had some fun in school with the globe? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it was invented by Eileen Fitz. Uh, Any relation to Brent Fitz? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. <laughs> Hanging out with him next week. Uh, Fitz was a tutor in Canada when she designed a globe mount that could display the Earth's daily rotation in relation to the path of the sun, known only by day and night, but also throughout the year. That's awesome. I would love to get a nice globe just as a as a piece of as an ornamental piece of decoration. Yeah, because it just makes you look smart. Yes, <laughs> right. But a nice globe is really expensive. As I, I did some research and saw, you could spend hundreds of dollars on a globe. Who, who so knew? Maybe not. Uh, all right, life raft invented by a woman, Maria Beasley. Although Beasley had already made a fortune on a barrel hooping machine patent, uh, this serial inventor went on to design an improved life raft with guardrails that was fireproof and foldable for easy storage. Her life rafts were actually used on the Titanic and saved over 700 lives. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, And, I mean, no surprise here, ironing board. 
Sarah Boone invented the ironing board in 1892. Uh, although patents for folding ironing boards appeared in the 1860s, it was Boone's ironing board that featured a key difference. It had a narrow, double-sided arm that made it perfect for ironing sleeves without forming creases. Nice. Ironing is one of those tasks that I think everyone hates. Yes. But when I, I hate that I have to do it, but once I'm doing it, I enjoy it. Does that make sense? It does, but you have to get to the point of wanting to do it. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't stand ironing, and I now have a steamer. Okay. Steamer is the way to go. I'm telling you. <laughs> I like the steamer too. I think I just, I like, I, I, I prefer the iron only because it, you can get those nice sort of crispy lines or the sharp lines, but, well, the, but in a pinch, absolutely. A steamer is so easy. And I'll, I'll just give you this last one. Cause it's, it's one that uh, we will all be using this weekend as temperatures hit plus three, the windshield wiper. Mary Anderson invented that in 1903. Oh my goodness. Where would we be without that? Yeah. That reminds me, I need to wash my car again. I can't see out. I was driving I, yesterday and either. thought, I can't see out my back <laughs> why, window. Why do you need to see? Yeah. <laughs> just kind of roll the dice. I'm just going to change lanes and see what happens. <laughs> The average one of these will cost just over $30,000 in 2020. What is it? The average one of these. That's right. So if you know the answer, you can win tickets to see Herb Alpert oh and boy. Lonnie Hall, Burton Cummings Theatre, Tuesday, April 14th. Let's try Kirsten. Hello. Oh, oh, I think we just lost Kirsten. And now, so hang on a second. We got to go to our next person in, who is in the queue. And that is Miles. Hello there, Miles. Hello there. How's it going? Doing all right, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Do you know the answer? Uh, I'm going to guess um, an automobile. No. That's a good guess, though. That would have been my first guess. Yeah. The average one of these would cost just over thirty grand in 2020. What is it? I would have said a car, hands down, and been shocked when you said no. Is it a trumpet? What's that? Is it a trumpet? A trumpet? <laughs> a $30,000 trumpet? I don't know. What is, what's the cost of a trumpet these days? What is it made of? Gold? Maybe. Bruce. <laughs> Hello. What is it? Uh, I was going to say car. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm really... I don't know, a down payment on a house. No, that's not it. That's a good guess, too, though. Okay. Uh, that's another thing. Like, I I, I don't think I'll ever own a house again. I'm never, never going to have a down payment. Well, optimism. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag optimism. Yeah, life goals with Brett McGarry on a Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's cut, it'll cut into my pizza budget. Come on. Hey, Kathy is on the line. Kathy, say hi to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. So, Kathy, the average one of these will cost just over thirty grand in 2020. What is it? Well, you know, I, too, was going to say car, but I'm going to say um, some kind of renovation, like a kitchen renovation, maybe? No, but yeah, I guess that's probably what it costs to renovate stuff, hey? That's why you're not going to own another house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not, that's not the right answer, Kathy, but that's a great guess. Okay, thanks. Thank you. You've J- got me stumped. Yeah, well, let's see if Jaden is stumped. Hey, Jaden. Hello. Do you know what the answer is? Is it school tuition? No. Oh, that's a good guess, though. Another good guess, yeah. Tuition is uh, is expensive. Well, maybe not so much in Manitoba. You know, I'm not saying that it's cheap, but there are other parts of the country. Yeah, where imagine, you pay a lot more. Imagine living in the United States. Oh. oh boy. Great guess, Jaden. That's not it, though. Thank you, sir. 
Let's try Dan at 204-780-6868. Hey, Dan. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right, sir. How are you? Not bad. What is it? A trip. A trip. No. Wow, then I would I would just be going to Grand Forks every weekend then. <laughs> that's no, the that's... cost of like a real trip. <laughs> trip I want to go on. <laughs> uh, I think they've got an all-you-can-eat KFC in Fargo. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> a road trip. <laughs> Dan, that's not it. Sorry, man. Let's try Gord. Gord, the average one of these will cost just over $20,000, $30,000, pardon me, in 2020. What is it? Wedding. A wedding. Really? It's a wedding. Can you believe that? Third, the average. See, and that's why I will never get married again. <laughs> like one and done, McGarry. One and done. And plus my dad couldn't afford a second one. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Oh, you'd still get your dad to cough it up? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gord, congratulations, sir. Thank you very much. Are you, are you married? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, okay. What did your wedding cost? Uh, well, 50 years ago, nearly. Okay. Um, Maybe ten grand. Maybe ten grand. Fifty years ago, it cost you ten thousand dollars. Wow. Or less. Or less. I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I got married, I think, in '96 or '94. I don't know, in the '90s, mid '90s, and it was about ten grand. Yeah. You would, that, that, that would, I would expect that you got married on top of a castle for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, fifty years ago. Wow. By the way, congratulations. Fifty years together. Good for you guys. Well, thank you very much. Gord, stand by. Going to put you on hold. And Jeff Forte is going to get your details off the air. Herb Alpert and Lonnie Hall at the Burton Cummings Theater Tuesday, April 14th. And yeah, $30,000. Unbelievable. I didn't make it to the altar. I was engaged. And that engagement ended in 2013 before, like one week before our wedding social. Ouch. Uh, thank it. Well, better then than after. Well, true. Yeah, like we just, we came to the realization that it was done. And it had been, our relationship had been uh, you know, resting in peace for quite some time. <laughs> we were just sort of dragging it out, as many people do. But even just being involved in that process and seeing what, until you're in it, it's hard to understand how much everything costs. You know, like if you want a nice, a good photographer, I think our photographer yep. and we were like, we went middle of the pack and it was 2,800 bucks. Yeah. I think. And, uh, you know, the cost of the venue and, and the food. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. And we had, we had an arrangement where like we were going to hold the reception in her workplace. She worked in a restaurant and a lounge. Uh, pub, so we were going to do it there. That was going to save us some money, but we were still looking at probably at least $10,000 minimum. And and does that even include the cost of a dress? Because, I mean, the cost of a wedding dress alone can be two, three, four thousand. I think she actually got her dress cheap. That was one thing she wanted to make sure she got it cheap. I think it was like 500 bucks. Nice. I don't remember where she found it. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, if I ever do find myself in a position to get married again, yeah. I don't even want to think about anything fancy. Vegas. Yes. Vegas. Yep. I would love to do that by the, maybe by the fountains or. Sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to do the drive through No, that's a little too low end, but by the fountains, there's so many, I mean, the, the chapel where Elvis got married. Yeah. Why not? That sounds fun. They oh. got an Elvis impersonator. He comes out. He's got the, the shtick on. He he plays the bride down the aisle with his guitar. Yeah. But right 
now we are listening to a band from Iceland, I believe. They're called Kaleo, one of the highlight acts at this year's Winnipeg Folk Festival. The lineup was revealed on Wednesday, and our colleague, our friend Kristen Moran, was there. She works in our promotions department, but uh, I described you as our building's resident music expert, Kristen. Yeah. How's that for a title? Music geek. I like them all. It's music great. Geek? I love. I love all things music. Well, we've been we've known each other since 2002. We went to college together, Red River College, Creative Aww. Communications, and Kristen's always been a music person. So if I ever have a music question, I know exactly to whom I should turn. So welcome to the studio, Kristen. Thanks for having me. So you were there on Wednesday. Day was how excited or where was it first of all the announcement it was at uh, times changed high and lonesome club which has had a recent renovation uh it's at the corner i believe of st mary's and uh main street great little blues venue and uh, they've now expanded it so there were room for more folks thank goodness because let's be honest it was a it was a teeny wee bit small like a can of sardines in there on a busy night (laughs) pretty much for sure (laughs) so what was the what was the mood like when the uh, lineup was announced The Winnipeg Folk Festival lineup announcement is always a really fun event. Um, The vibe in there is great, and they often talk about their volunteers and people that are involved with the festival as a family, and there's really a family atmosphere. So it was like walking into a bit of a reunion, lots of handshakes and hugs, and yeah, it was really great. It's always a good feeling. Who is the standout for you in terms of the the performers coming? I'm really excited for Tash Sultana, who is uh, an Australian artist who was actually here in Winnipeg a little while ago. Um, She shreds a guitar like nobody's business and uh, real soulful voice. Kaleo was another big highlight that got a big uh, response from the crowd. Apparently, like with them being from Iceland and with Gimli and our whole new Iceland community here, they do better in Winnipeg than just about any other market. I believe it because we are the second biggest Icelandic settlement outside of Iceland. Did you know that? I I do now. Cheers for the diaspora. Oh, it's like a ding-a-dunger. It's so much fun to say. What it's so much say? fun to say. What did you say? The diaspora. What's, what is that? Oh, no, you're going to put me I could be 100% wrong here, but I believe it is a, a community that has moved away and like resettled. So it's like groups oh, of, okay. of communities. In, okay. Cool. In, in our melting pot. But that's that neat Canada. that Kaleo does uh, super well here. And, and what's funny is I've heard that song that we, that we played on the way in a thousand times because it gets played on Power 97, Winnipeg's Best Rock. But I've never bothered to look up who it is. Uh, so to learn that they're from Iceland and then they're, they're coming here, I think is really cool. And one of the things about the Winnipeg Folk Fest, I think the name might imply one thing and might maybe some people go, ah, folk music. I don't like that. But this is a super eclectic folk uh, festival of music, right? It really is. It's so much more than just uh, like a, a quote unquote folk festival. And I kind of stayed away from it for a number of years because like I don't really recognize a lot of the artists. It's not rock and roll, which is sort of my thing. And uh, I, I didn't really know what it was all about. And then one time uh, a friend invited me. She gave me a free ticket. She said, my family's been going every year for years. Come and sit on our blankets and uh, just, you know, take in the afternoon with us. And I was hooked. So yeah. do you do the full camping and spend the weekend? And I live 10 minutes from there. I got my own bed oh, and a shower. It's a beautiful you, thing. I know. Okay. I, I, and I do on. love to camp, but not at music festivals. So so we can come and hang out at your place is what you're saying? The pool's open. Oh, <laughs> right. oh hello. We just need to, you know, share the designated driver duties. Right. Throughout the course of the festival, and we're good. And we're good to go. Was there any other big names that people may 
be a little more familiar with? So Vance Joy was a big name. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got uh, a really good uh, response. And same with John Prine. I'm not a big fan of John Prine's. I I don't really know a lot of his music, but I recognize the name. And I know that he has a very rich history as a folk singer-songwriter with very funny lyrics and uh, some, some social consciousness behind what he writes as well they've got a did they still have two stages at folk fest i think they might have six six okay. wow there are a lot of stages and they are set up within the park in such a way that it's it's not terribly far to walk from one to the other but you don't get that bleed through like you might at some other music festivals where you can hear the, the band that's on the other stage while the person that you're trying to watch is also trying to play so they're far enough that's apart that's a it's, good thing yeah uh what about tickets they're on sale now then they are. I don't uh, know. I believe they're still in the early bird stages. Okay. Um, I don't have the value on them, though. Yeah, I was reading that, like, you can get a camping pass and an early festival pass for about 300 bucks. Okay. Yeah, it looks like still, the, uh, the is... early bird uh, full festival four-day ticket is uh, 219 That's the early bird. The, the advance is 249 And then if you buy it at the gate... It's uh, two sixty nine. That's but if you want it with camping, it's three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would not advise anybody waiting to do it at the gate. Apparently, that is a nightmarish long up lineup. Oh, okay, that's good like to know. Physical lineup. Let me ask you this, uh, Kristen. Um, was there any talk at all uh, during that announcement about the coronavirus? None. Okay. Does that, is that Not something? Not a whisper. Well, no. Nope. Hey, listen. Uh, this is now part of our world. It's a new world. Oh, absolutely. Right? I, when I was shaking hands at, with folks at the reunion, I was like, am I supposed to be doing this? I feel like I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I also don't want to be rude. Now, what do I do? Well, you know what? The perfect thing is the namaste. That would mm-hmm. fit in perfectly with the folk festival. I kind of uh, like the foot shake. Yeah, the foot shake is kind of cool. <laughs> the elbow bump. Oh. We've got options. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, one of the things that I also like too about the folk fest is that it, it really felt like a like a little village, and I don't know that I've ever been to a place where everybody was so relaxed and like uh, welcoming. I felt welcome there, even though I was I, I it has was a lot completely to do with the un- herb. Well, perhaps, but it just it was <laughs> I, I, it was a really happy place, and like I went there to see Elvis Costello, mm-hmm. uh, which is another example of the how eclectic it is. Like looking at the lineup, I see Alan Doyle. Is coming, but then there's an artist here named Sharon Van Etten. I, I, don't ask me to tell you anything about her, except I know he one knows of her one songs. Song. I know one song. <laughs> it's called Serpents. It was featured in a trailer for The Walking Dead. Oh, that's why. Uh, but that's the cool thing about it, right? There's something here for everybody, and they they had a pretty substantial food court area too, right? Mm-hmm. They always have really, really interesting food options. Lots of vegan and vegetarian options too, which is kind of neat because you don't always see that at music festivals. And yeah, looking forward to it. One of the nice things about this is is uh, not only the atmosphere where it is very relaxed, like you said, but lots of people come as families, and you can't always do that at music festivals, yeah, right? And that's true. at Birds Hill Park, there are so many kids running around, and you know your little one might end up on the blanket of another little one and making new friends, and Aww. all of a sudden you've made new friends too. So there's a really good family atmosphere too, which I really appreciate about the folk festival. And even the main stage area, like the just the way that it's kind of built into the park, it's like a natural amphitheater almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. They work really well with sort of the, the, the groves that have been carved out around the trees. And that, I think, helps, like I said, without the bleed through of crossing different stages and also projecting the sound. So how many uh, days are you planning to attend this year? I was just going to ask year? her, dude. Have you I booked will, your time off? I I, 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 don't, I really take off because I, I, I'm not a Stella's employee. But, <laughs> <laughs> but also because I live so close, I like to go just out for the evening and then I can still be back home in my own bed uh, by 11 okay. or, or midnight, depending. Uh, I did want to mention they are doing two other cool things at the festival this year. 
Uh, in memory of Mitch Podolik, who uh, helped put the festival together in the first place, they are doing Mitch's Sunday Feast on the Sunday with oh, uh, his yeah. son kind of leading the charge on that. And it's a great uh, local musicians. And they're also doing a Celebrate 150 uh, Manitoba songbook as well. So Nice. Oh, right on. Well, you can get all the details at winnipegfolkfestival.ca. It is a huge lineup of performers here. I'm just like It took me forever to just scroll to the bottom of the list. So, yeah. I look forward to hearing about your exploits at the Folk Festival, Kristen. I'll keep you up to date. coming to your house. The pool is open, she said. <laughs> Kristen Moran, she works in our promotions department, but she wears many hats around here, including being our resident music expert. Thanks for the insight, Kristen. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Once again, the Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards at yeah. the Met on April 18th, which is an awards ceremony that celebrates a whole bunch of cool things about Winnipeg. And there's another event that's happening tomorrow, which I am excited about. It is called Love Local Manitoba, the seventh annual food, beer, and wine event. It is happening at the Victoria Inn. And in studio with us, we have the founder of the event, who is also from Gourmet Inspirations. His name is Peter Fair. Peter, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Brett. Thanks for having me. And from Bones and Marrow Broth, we have Sean Vidal. Sean, hello there. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Now, there is an interesting connection uh, of something that you also do, and we'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) But Peter, before that... Seven years? You're going into your seventh year for this event. Yeah, it's been seven years, and it's crazy how time flies. We uh, started with a small little venue with 200 guests and uh, about 20 vendors, and uh, yeah, we've just grown over time, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy how time's flown over the years. Well, and how wonderful, though, to take a moment Mm. out of our day to celebrate local. That's right. Love it. Yeah, we try to celebrate local every day. So if no one has (laughs) ever been to this event, Mm -hmm. what do they experience? Oh, there's uh, it's just a wonderful atmosphere. There's live music, kind of in busking style. We have a accordion player and violin player, so they'll serenade you as you come in and sample and sip, sample, and savor local. So we have beer, food, and wine, and it's just a, a lovely evening to come and enjoy nice. all things Manitoba made. And why did you start this event? Like, what made you sit down and say, you know what, Winnipeg needs this? Right. So it happened fairly organically. So as you mentioned, Brett, I have the sauce business as well. So I was at a local farmer's market selling sauce one uh, Saturday and talking to a neighbor vendor. And we're like, how do we, how can we get some people together and uh, connect these local companies and make something fun out of uh, out of uh, all these amazing products that are here at the market? So it happened fairly organically by talking to another uh, food manufacturer and just, uh, yeah, we just uh, started brainstorming at a farmer's market. So and and here we are, yeah. seven years later. With crickets. That's right. <laughs> yes. You brought in a, you brought in a prize pack, That's which right. we are going to give away at the end of this segment. Well, mm. you know what? Let's just, do right now, caller number 6, 204-780-68. But before you, before you call, you know what? Hang on. I'm going to block the phone lines because this comes with a caveat. Oh. This goodie bag needs to be picked up today. Yes, so that's if, true. If you can't make it down to 1440 Jack Blick Avenue by 430 this afternoon, then don't Try to win the prize. If you can make it today, then take your shot. We'll take caller number six at 204-780-6868. And it's an amazing goodie bag. You've got oh. some of your uh, some of your salted caramel whiskey. That's, right. uh, that's from Gourmet Inspiration. What have you got there, KK? I've got the uh, Lake of the Woods uh, rub, which is a smoky coffee flavor. And, uh, oh, look at this. Tasty Heats Cayenne Ghost Berry mm. Palm Honey. 
You got to be kidding. Yeah, it's a beautiful hot sauce. Yeah, there's uh, some wow. Flora and Farmer uh, hot and smoky pineapple and tomato spread. We've got some coffee here. We've got some jerky. But there's also a bag of smoky barbecue roasted crickets from Prairie <laughs> Cricket Farm. You know, and, and Brett warned me earlier this morning, hey, by the way, uh, we're giving away crickets. Right. And I went, what? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think they're barbecue flavored. Well, and Brett said he has tried them, and you know what? They're not bad, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at the bag, and I'm trying to get over the fact that it's a cricket, but I can't do it. It's a cricket. Have you tried them, Peter? I have, and uh, you have, it just tastes, tastes like a chip. Once you get it, there's a little bit of a texture thing with your antennas, but once you get over that, it's just like eating a chip. And will, a healthy will, chip. Will people going to the event tomorrow be able to yes. sample crickets? Yep, you will be able to sample whole crickets as well as a powder, and they have the whole ones in two flavors, so there's salt and vinegar and barbecue flavored. Sean, have you tried them? <laughs> I have I have not, but uh, after tomorrow, I, I'm sure that I will have. Yeah, you're going to try them? I will try them. Oh. Okay. So Sean Vidal with Bones and Marrow Broth Company. We mentioned that there's an interesting thing because one of our sales reps actually reached out to me and said, hey, are you interviewing Sean on Friday? And I said, yeah, why? Is he a client of yours uh, under Bones and Marrow? And she says, no, it's with a different business. And what is that business? <laughs> Mudruckers. So how do you how do you connect those dots? <laughs> yeah, please explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been involved with uh, Mudruckers for probably fifteen years. Um, was able to buy in as a shareholder a few years ago, and uh, yeah, and then a couple of years ago, a neighbor and I started Bones and Marrow. So yeah, now we do construction and soup. So. Well, you know what? <laughs> what do you need after a hard day of construction well, exactly. but a bowl of soup? Yeah, you right? got it. Perfect. There's yeah, the exactly. connection. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about Bones and Marrow. So bones and marrow, we specialize in a long simmered soup stock. So we simmer uh, simmer the bones for sixteen hours minimum. Wow! So it really pulls a lot of nutrients out, um, and what you're left with is a, a tasty broth that a lot of people just sip on its own. You can use it as the base for a soup. Use it for a sauce, stir fry, gravy. I boil my rice or quinoa in it, so oh. it's a really flavorful broth that's quite versatile in the kitchen. Where do people get bones and broth? So we are available at Miller's Meats, uh, DeLuca, DeLuca's, Crampton's, Friggs, uh, Vita Health. So yeah, just a number of vendors around the city, Red River Co-op. So And and you also do other soups, although not and then we widely do, available. Exactly. Yeah, we've just launched into uh, yeah, into scratch-made soups that we just sell direct to customers right now. So Oh, nice. Yep. So, so what is it. what is being involved in an event like this mean for your business? So last year was our first year and we were quite a new company at that point. And uh, it's, I mean, totally invaluable. Like we met with, I mean, to, to have that exposure to that many different people coming through that are excited about local food, I mean, you just can't, you can't get that anywhere else. So there's, you know, close to a thousand people that are coming through all sampling your food and everyone's excited to try something local. Uh, and then the other, the other great thing was just meeting other vendors. So we met with a number of vendors last year that uh, relationships that we'd fostered throughout the year that are Know, just people that can help you out, you help them out. So it's it's a great way just to meet uh, other local makers as well as people that are just local food enthusiasts. So Peter, when you hear that, when you hear that someone has benefited so greatly from right. something you mm-hmm. came up with, mm-hmm. uh, what does that mean to you? It just gives me a motivation to keep going. And so <laughs> one of my uh, passions is connecting people. I just love at, my, at my <clears throat> core level, I love connecting people. And so when I hear stories like that, it's super encouraging and also just motivates me to to keep keep on working and keep connecting and building connections for people. So, 
Yeah, I love that. Well, I know that uh, people are very excited to get out there tomorrow. So how does mm-hmm. this work? Uh, time and where do they yeah. get tickets? So the event runs 5 to 9 p.m. at the Victoria Inn in Winnipeg. And you can go to lovelocalmb.com to get tickets. and uh, Or Preserve by Floor and Farmer, which is a little shop behind Hildegard's Bakery on Portage in Maryland. Okay. There's tickets there or online. So. I wanted to ask you this. And the event is called Love Local Manitoba. But I'm curious to know, is there any... Have you ever heard any sort of negative talk, like maybe local fatigue, as in mm. people uh, getting tired, say, that, oh, there are too wow. many events. Never like, even thought about that. Yeah. It's a great question. And uh, I feel like at this point, I haven't heard too much, too many comments about that at all. And uh, But you do see other events popping up that are doing local uh, things. But I feel like uh, we're still gaining momentum in the local movement here in Manitoba. So I don't see that fatigue coming yet. And uh, and we think our event is special too in that it focuses only on promoting food and beverage products in Manitoba. So we're not selling other uh, items that are non-food. It's all all food and beverage, Manitoba made. So and it's an event just to showcase and a market. So it's kind of an event with with the market aspect of it, which is special. Well, mm-hmm. and and. Let's be honest, we are a province of inventors, so it's mm. not like you're seeing the same 10 companies year after year. We've got That's you right. know new foods and new drinks every year, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, and there's more companies popping up all the time, so there's a lot of food startups in Manitoba and, and more more creative projects and companies always starting up, we find. so. If I go to this event or anybody who goes to this event, should they go with an empty stomach? They should. Yeah, there's about 40 companies that'll be sampling. And so uh, you should come with an empty stomach and also maybe a bit of cash to, to support the local makers by purchasing some products. Ah. So we encourage that as well. Okay, so, and that was going to be my next question. So right. you can buy on-site. buy on-site. So if on you fall, yep. fall in love with a cricket, you That's can buy right. a bag of crickets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> the website is called, it's lovelocalmb.com. Peter Fair is the founder of this event. He's also with Gourmet Inspirations and Sean Vidal is with Bones and Marrow Broth Company and you can follow both Gourmet Inspirations, Bones and Marrow uh, Broth on social media as well as Love Local Manitoba. Once again, 5 to 9 tomorrow at the Victoria Inn. And uh, Peter, one more thing I guess before we let you go. Uh, How many vendors are there, did you say? There's just over 40. And yeah. you, you say you started with how many? 20. Okay. Nice. And, but 200 guests was our first year. And then we ex- like we were at the Winnipeg Winter Club and we just totally blew up that venue. And now uh, we're at about 700 to 1,000 guests. Wow. So. What to, what's the best time to go? Um, good Between question. five and nine. Yeah, probably like 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they start blowing things out? Is it like a 25% off sale at 8.30? I am yeah. there! Yeah. <laughs> well, Peter and Sean, thank you for stopping by. And once, Forte, who won the, uh, the, the goodie bag? That is Amanda Opoko. Amanda, congratulations. Amanda got this goodie bag that Peter has brought in with all sorts of yummy stuff. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.